Welcome to Mommy Heal Thyself. We feature guests who provide you with the tools, resources, and strategies you need to say no to a life of pain and suffering from all forms of preventable disease, toxic drugs, and unnecessary surgeries. We hope to inspire you to boldly reclaim your ability to heal and to serve the ones you love. Welcome, everyone. Well, sister ladies, I am here with a brilliant, brilliant, beautiful sister, and she is going to talk to us about raising children with emotions. And I know you know what I'm talking about because we all have some of those children, right? Even if we may not have biological children, we have nieces, nephews, grandchildren, something, stepchildren, however you want to name it, children in your classroom. Maybe you also are a therapist, who knows? And so we always have an opportunity to deal with those children that have big emotions. So Rachel Bailey is a parenting specialist who has been serving families for over a decade. And besides being a mother of two, she also has a master's degree in clinical psychology, a certification in positive discipline, and has provided services as an ADHD coach, in-home mentor, and therapist. Now, throughout her podcast and her programs and her services, Rachel teaches parents hands-on tools for raising resilient, confident children and bringing peace. Oh, Lord, do we need more of that? Peace and connection to families. So, Rachel, thank you so very much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Well, before we get into the nitty-gritty, you know, I would love to know, how did you get into this? What made you start this entire journey? Yeah, what's interesting is I never thought that this would be my journey. I was actually studying to be a neuropsychologist. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. And I was getting my doctorate in clinical psychology and got pregnant along the way. So I did not meet my goal. At that point, when I got pregnant and I had to stop school, I was uh, practicing as a therapist mm -hmm. and I was working with a lot of, at that point, kids and mostly teens, actually. Mm -hmm. And so I realized as I was working with teens that parents would come to me with all these questions and say, hey, you have my teen for an hour, but I need to know what to do when you're not around. So I actually started doing parenting stuff even before I was a parent and then fell in love with it. And so I was doing general parenting probably for about eight or nine years and then really saw this area that I loved to discuss, which is kids with what I call big emotions. So kids who are sensitive anxious or strong-willed. That's how I define big emotions. And when I fell into that niche, I have not looked back since because like you said, we all know at least one person, child or adult, who is sensitive, anxious, strong-willed. And so what I found is that almost everybody, when I describe this, they nod their heads and say, yes, I know a lot of people like that. And I love this work. So that's how I got here. So it's interesting that you said that we all know people, child or adult. So, you know, a lot of us have big kids in our lives, AKA husbands. Amen. <laughs> can this help us with them also? A hundred percent. It can help us with them, with anybody, with colleagues, with bosses, with anybody in our lives who, um, you know, we notice feels things strongly. Although very honestly, I teach a lot of communication skills. So this is going to work with anybody, whether they have big emotions or not. Okay. So now what is the problem that you typically help women to solve? So generally I'm helping women who feel that there is drama and disconnection in their homes mm -hmm. and there's drama and disconnection with their kids, meaning they may ask their kids to do homework and they get either this, I hate myself. I can't do homework. I'm so stupid. Or they have the strong will kid child who says, nope, I'm not going to do it. 
So there's that kind of drama, but there's also drama and disconnection inside of themselves. Honestly, most of the women I work with who struggle with kids with big emotions also feel a little out of control themselves or a little anxious themselves. And so they try to control their kids more and there's more drama and more disconnection. So we actually work on parents' drama and disconnection first. I love that you say that because, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote my first book, Mommy, is because I recognize that my kids have been my most instrumental teachers because they are doing exactly what you said, which is that they're reflecting back to us what we have to work on internally. So I love Absolutely. that you say that you're working with parents too. So now, you know, ladies, a lot of times we think, oh, it's all about the kids. And we think that we have to focus on the problems that the kids have, not recognizing that sometimes those problems are inside of us. Yes. And we can't help our kids if we don't address us first. So ultimately, yes, we want to raise kids who are resilient and confident but it doesn't start with how do I make them? In fact, one of the things I'm writing a book, finally, I've been asked about this for so long. And one of the things I'm saying is we have to stop trying to make our kids change. Mm -hmm. Kids change naturally when they feel better and when they have the tools to do what they need to do. So we actually start with us so that we can help them get to a place where they can be successful internally, not just because we made them. Mm. So now what are the symptoms that women are experiencing when they are dealing with what you refer to as children with big emotions. Yeah, so what they recognize that they're experiencing is that kids um, just are having big reactions. There may be a lot of fighting in their home, especially if there are multiple children or when there are family events and there are lots of kids around. There is um, you know, some pushback or maybe again, some anxiety where children are just really worried and they feel like they're stuck for whatever reason, whether kids aren't listening or they're really worried, they feel like they're stuck. And then what happens is we as women tend to feel guilty about that and we blame ourselves and we feel like a failure. So often that's the point at which they reach out to me. They, they feel stuck in the behavior of their kids and they're just feeling so awful and projecting all of these horrible things that are gonna happen for their children in the future. Those are the symptoms that I tend to see. So now I'm going to bear off a little bit here because what just came to me is that we're now living in a zone where we have a lot of single dads also, where they're having to step into that zone of being mom and dad, being the solo parent. So can, yeah. are you able to help them also? Is, are their experiences similar to women? Absolutely. I would say women tend to take on a lot Men tend to try to fix. Women stay stuck in the, um, almost the helplessness. Like I've tried all the things. I can't do anything. I'm so stuck. And what I find when I work with men, and this is so gender stereotypical because I've definitely worked with the opposite, but men tend to go to fix it. And so they're, you know, how do I solve this? And that can also create disconnection with kids, by the way, and more drama, because sometimes kids just need to be heard. They don't need the fix. So mm -hmm. yes, there are probably along gender lines, things that I see, but generally, no matter what the symptom is, when they're coming in, whether they're fixing or they're feeling stuck, it's going to be mostly the same thing, which is to see yourself and teach yourself and then see your child and teach mm -hmm. them. And that's where the resilience comes in. Awesome. Now, what are the common mistakes that you see parents making when they're trying to solve the problem or fix the problem? Yeah. So we've talked about it a little bit already. Actually, I see that parents, first of all, stay stuck in this. I'm a, especially moms. I'm a failure. And we're, then we react to our kids from that place of, mm -hmm. I call this yuck. Yuck is a word I describe to use any uncomfortable emotion. So whether they're feeling guilty or stressed or angry or irritable, whatever I call it all yuck. 
Mm-hmm. So what happens is we respond to our kids from a place of yuck. And so that means we're not aligning with our values. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to make our kids do that something. We're trying to control them. Like if our kids are anxious, we're trying to make them less anxious. You don't need to worry. Everything's going to be fine. Or if they're strong-willed, we're trying to break them and say, no, but you need to listen to me. We try to control our kids because we're in yuck. Mm-hmm. And that tends to backfire. Um, and then we're not looking at ourselves in the role that we play because often it's like, oh, now I have to do more. I'm already doing so much. Mm-hmm. But what we find is when we make such small changes, kids do tend to react. We have more ability to influence our kids than control them. Mm. And influence starts with us. Now, do you see sometimes that we have an issue, especially we as women have an issue with taking things personal, meaning that when our children are going through these challenges, we tend to we tend to internalize it as some kind of um, deficit, in deficit ourselves. within ourselves. Yeah. Yes. I have absolutely. We do take. I mean, even the phrase "I hate you," which mm-hmm. is how could that not be a personal phrase, right? I see you even cringe when you. Um, yeah. When a child is saying that, it's not necessarily personal. A child who says, I hate you is a child who's dysregulated and doesn't know a more mature way to deal with their dysregulation. They might say something else to someone else, but it's still going to come out. Their their, um, big feelings are still going to come out. They may not say, I hate you to someone else, but they may... Um, you know, say um, disrespectful things to someone else, or th- but it's not necessarily personal about us. When kids learn how to regulate, they don't say those things anymore. And it's independent of us. Yeah. So now what is the number one tip that you would give women and men who are parents that have these children with these big emotions? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is we have to stop taking it personally and judging ourselves and feeling guilty. And one of the main tips I give parents is to shift from judgment to curiosity. So when a child um, does say, I hate you, instead of saying, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Or why can't I give them more of what I need? We like, we judge ourselves. We judge them. We need to switch our tone from why are they doing this to why are they doing this? Mm. Or instead of saying, why did I yell at them again? Now they're saying they hate me. Why did I yell at them? Same question, totally different tone. One leads to us staying stuck in a lot of emotions. The other one leads to solutions. Oh, I yelled at them because I'm exhausted. And I'm exhausted because I haven't set boundaries to you know, give myself a break. That's the action I can take. And then I will no longer yell versus why did I yell at them? And then we stay stuck in this. I'm an awful parent. I may as well say for 10 years of therapy now and just stay stuck in a cycle of what I call a cycle of yuck is what I call it. shifting From judgment to curiosity is a really big tip. I give a lot of parents. I love, love, love what you're saying. That is, and that is true. Even when I deal with women also that there's always that tendency for us to judge and say, there's something wrong with me as opposed to looking at the symptom, which in this case are those big emotions and saying, well, why is that happening? What, you know, having that detective hat on where it's not a judgment, just the gathering intel kind of thing. Yes, because there's always a reason and it's never an excuse, but there's always a reason if we're yelling, if our kids are yelling, not an excuse, but a reason. And when we address the reason, just like you said, being a detective, everything changes. Everything changes, wow. Now, what is a book or a concept or a program or a talk that has had the most impact on you and your experiences? You know, that's such a hard question for me. So I I really have to 
I've read so much that is so impactful, but I think I'm going to go back to the very beginning for me. When I first started working with parents, I read a line. I think it comes from positive discipline, although I'm, a traded, I'm trained in a lot of different paradigms. But there was a quote that said, when did, why did we ever believe that making children feel worse would make them act better? And that hit me. And I was like, wait a second, that doesn't even make sense. Now, I'm all about raising resilient kids who do clean up after themselves and are, you know, responsible individuals. But why do we have to make them feel worse to make them act better? And I think that has really opened the floodgates for me, where I started realizing we can raise resilient, responsible kids without those traditional, how do I get them to do things? And how do I make them do things? There is a different way. Hmm. I like that. That's a nice way of putting it, actually. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a wonderful, valuable free resource that you can direct us to that's going to help us with our children who have these big emotions? Yes, I would love to give a resource that talks about what I call the yuck curve. So it gets a little bit um, more like, why do? So I said, be, be curious. Mm -hmm. Why do kids and adults have these big emotions and what do we do about it? So mm -hmm. I have a resource where I teach something called the yuck curve where I talk about why you see these big emotions and what you can do when someone actually has a big emotion. That's a free resource. And I will give that to you. Awesome. So ladies, don't worry about it. You will see the link in our description for today's podcast. And another question, Rachel, I, I was looking through some of the information and in some of your videos. And I noticed that you said that you deal primarily with, with parents who have children from zero to 12. Mm -hmm. So um, would some of your training or your memberships or your programs be able to help those of us who have teenagers? Yeah. So I was actually, like I said before, a therapist for teenagers. Mm -hmm. So I am very familiar with teenagers. I did that for many, many years and all of the resistance. But what I teach in my program is really a foundation. What I find when you get to the teenage years is that there's some stuff that has to be undone first before mm. you can kind of implement that foundation. So when there are parents of teens who want to work with me, I work with them more one-on-one -on -one than in my program. So we, I have to look at, okay, what do we need to undo? And then you can go into the program and use all these strategies. But there's when usually when I start with parents of teens, there's a little bit too much yuck mm. that we have to remove or address before yeah. we can dive in. So I work with them more one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Now, what is one question that I probably should have asked you that I didn't that can help these women to be able to create their lives filled with power, passion, purpose, and peace with their- I love children? that question. I love that question. And I don't think there's anything you could have asked me. I think what I would almost say is what one of the questions I would love women to ask themselves to get to all these amazing feelings is how can I have my own back? How can I have my back? Because if I want to have my kids back, this is what I've been saying. It has to start with supporting ourselves so we can support children. So if we want children, if we want women to have power and passion and prosperity and purpose and peace, we need to have our own backs instead of constantly criticizing and judging ourselves. So I would say they need to ask themselves that question. What can I do to have my back? I love it. So it's like putting that oxygen mask on ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and not being all about the kids because our kids need us, ladies. They need they us. They do. And they sense our energy. And if our mm -hmm. energy is dysregulated ourselves, we can't help a child regulate. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you so very much for taking the time to speak with us today. And ladies, look for those wonderful free valuable resources so that you can learn more about ways that you can help your child that has those 
promotions. Until next time, peace, love, and blessings. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. If you like what we're doing here, please share, subscribe, like us, and leave a comment. Your feedback is very much appreciated.